0: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop.
1: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HouseStuffWorks.com.
2: Welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. I'm Molly. Today we are going to dive into the world of relationship cliches and uh, popular sayings such as why are nice girls attracted to bad boys and why do nice guys finish last? You ever heard
3: those Molly? I have. Does that ring true? It does and you see it all the time in movies and television. Mm-hmm. I mean we've we've talked before about our attraction to Don Draper of oh, yes. TV's Mad
2: Men. Mm-hmm. He's a bad boy. Oh, absolutely. We still love him. We do still love him, even though we know that he's going to leave and or cheat on us. Break our hearts. Yep.
3: And so that's sort of the stereotypical thing. And sometimes even when you know you're doing something, you shouldn't. You just can't stop yourself.
2: Why is that? Yeah. What's the appeal of bad boys? And there's actually been a lot of research on this, quote unquote, bad boy personality type. And it is a well-documented Set of traits that is referred to as the dark triad. You know,
3: I think if we called guys, um, like dark triad exhibitors rather than bad boys, they would lose all their appeal.
2: Yeah. Cause when I think of a bad boy, I think about, you know, he's like wearing a leather jacket on a motorcycle, smoking a cigarette, you know, but maybe we should start instead of, yeah, saying bad boys be like, Stay away from him. He is a dark triad. It's like the and Bermuda you know, Triangle. Yeah, and it, it really makes the conversation sound more intelligent. It does. No, he he really demonstrates a lot of dark triad characteristics. So uh, now that people are thoroughly confused, um, let's why talk about the dark triad. Uh, yeah, what exactly is the dark triad? Up first, we've got narcissism or self-obsession. Pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, we might all know someone who's got a little touch of that. I'm sitting across from one. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, And then we have Machiavellianism, which is typified by exploitative, manipulative, and deceitful behavior.
3: Lastly, in the dark triad, we have psychopathy. But, you know, that sounds like something you would automatically stick away from. But sometimes the traits of impulsivity, thrill-seeking, risk-taking can be very attractive to women.
2: Mm-hmm. And, I mean, really, if we put all these characteristics together, you know, being kind of self-absorbed, but also risky and kind of manipulative and possibly deceitful, we really just had a character sketch of Don Draper and other uh, quote unquote bad boys from pop culture. Now you, you listen
3: to those three things and you're like, how would I ever be attracted to that? Why yeah. would I want to marry that? And studies have shown that girls don't want to marry the dark triad, but these fellows are very successful at the short term mating strategy, aka a one night stand, a, you know, a short term relationship, mm-hmm. everything without strings, things that girls might get themselves into. Uh, thinking that things will change down
2: the line, Mm -hmm. but the fact of the matter is they don't. Yeah, love them and leave them. Love them and leave them. And this dark triad is not just the stuff of fiction. It is a universal trait that has been identified in 57 different countries, and it also appears to be genetically linked, meaning that some bad boys are just... Bad boys for life. And that's because, you know, they're so
3: successful at short-term mating that, to use an old evolutionary term, they're spreading their seed.
2: Right. They Actually, researchers think that this is an evolutionarily developed short-term mating strategy and the males will have to they're forced into these short-term affairs because once the community figures out that they have you know a, a psychopathic narcissist on their hands he will be you know alienated and so of course he has to he has to move on down the road so that's why he can't stick around ladies because you are going to get on to him at
3: some point mm-hmm. but just maybe blame it on evolution yeah. Apparently that's what these researchers are doing is that, you know, it works for them short term that perhaps they, you know, spread the gene on, but they, because they are so um, impulsive, narcissistic, it's not like they're going to change and stay with you. That drive will lead them not just to get out of the community because they're probably going to be run out on rails, but also to seek new partners, to seek that new excitement, to steal other people's partners. You know, they they again, they're just not great guys.
2: Now, when we're talking about the dark triad, we, we would be remiss to not mention Peter K. Jonason from New Mexico State University, who is one of the pioneers in this personality research. A lot of these studies that we're talking about and a lot of the um, news reports that have gone along with it are linked to research that he has done. I mean, he has dug into the dark triad on all different sides because... At first glance, you would think that the dark triad. I mean, first of all, it just sounds like something terrible, and you think that it would have all sorts of negative repercussions. But Jonathan has done a lot of work to dig into, first of all, why it has persisted throughout the ages and um, it hasn't just been weeded out through natural selection, but also looking at the upside of it. Because obviously, in order for it to have not been weeded out, it had to have been beneficial at some point. Now, you might be thinking to yourself at some point, Are we totally skewing this conversation right now? Are we turning ourselves as women into the victims of, you know, these these dark triad men? You know, is this just like a totally sexist conversation that we're having? Well, the reason why we keep talking about this trait in men is because Jonathan's research has shown over and over again that while the dark triad can exist in women, can exhibit in women, as we will discuss in a moment, It shows up far more often in men. And it makes sense because evolutionarily speaking, short-term mating strategies are simply more beneficial and more feasible to men because as women, as we've talked about and come back to you uh, an uncomfortable number of times on this podcast, it seems. Um, you know, women, short-term mating strategies for women are, are more of a risky proposition because of a little thing called pregnancy. Right. You're going to be the one who's sticking around
3: and taking care of the baby. Now there have been the, there has been the hypothesis put out there that eventually as girls, you know, have figured out over time that they are going to be stuck with the baby. Will dark triads kind of fall out of favor? Will we be more careful when we hook up with the dark triads and will eventually this sort of die out? But for now it, it's very successful because to some extent on the short term, women are attracted to risk as a factor in choosing a mate.
2: Yes. Susan Kelly from the University of Liverpool published a study entitled Heroism versus Altruism in Women's Mate Choices. And she found that altruism was deemed more important in long-term relationships and friendships. Obviously, you know, you want a nice, agreeable person if you're going to see their face every day. But for short-term liaisons, non-altruists... The risky, the risky ones out there were preferred to altruists. And so she posits that heroism and which is associated with that kind of risk taking behavior may have evolved because of a female preference for brave risk prone males because the risk taking acts as an honest cue for good genes. Basically, the idea is that a man who is or a mate in general who is uh stronger and fitter and has better genes can take th- more risks than, say, a weaker person because there's not quite as much on the line and there's a bigger chance that, you know, if he gets himself in a jam that he can get out.
3: Right, and also, you know, women are looking for good protectors and providers for their family. If you've got a risk taker who will, say, jump on the tracks to save people he doesn't know, there's a greater chance that he will save his own children should there be an accident, but you know, there was another study that we ran across called, is risk taking used as a Q and mate choice, uh, led by a team of researchers. And I'm just going to throw out Andreas Wilkie. He's listed first that says that there may be particular risks that we're more attracted to than others. And remember, the reason we're talking about risk is because it's a huge factor in this dark triads yes. psychopathy. Yes. Char- characterization. Now, this study looked at six domains of risk taking recreation in that, you know, he plays physical sports and takes a chance, you know, to compete against others, ethics, cheating or stealing, gambling, a.k.a. betting in a casino, investment, a.k.a. gambling with the stock market, health, like smoking or drinking, and social risks such as arguing for unpopular issues. And the study found that just, you know, there are only going to be certain areas in which a woman is going to stick around if you are taking risks. Yeah, the health
2: risk factor, not surprisingly, is the major category where it's just a huge turnoff for people. I mean, if if you are risking your health through, say, alcoholism or drug abuse, it's not going to be too appealing. And then with other risky behaviors such as gambling, another turnoff. It's sort of like foolish risks versus um, more, I guess, I don't know, altruistic risks, for instance, like taking up the social cause, an unpopular social cause. And according to these studies, women like men who play sports. Although the study did point out, too, that risky risk taking behavior, not necessarily risky behavior. We think about risky behavior as, you know, like, like Tom Cruise, maybe exactly um, or risky business. Uh, but risky oh, behavior, right. <laughs> risk behavior is. A, a cross-gender appealing trait. Men find risky women to be just as appealing um, as well. Which is why there can be the
3: dark triad in some women. If you've got this in combination with that devil-may-care approach, dark triad women do do exist. They are, in the same way as men, not that successful at long-term relationships.
2: Now, if we talk about getting into a relationship with a member of the dark triad, <laughs> making it sound like some kind of cult, uh, at the outset, that sounds like a terrible thing. But like we mentioned earlier, there are some upswings to this dark triad because they usually exhibit emotional stability because they're so narcissistic that they are just really not flagged by a lot of things. Uh, they have resilient self-esteem because they are the best person you will ever meet in their minds. And they have increased sexual success just because they're sort of driven by the psychopathy, by the risk-taking behavior, by the impulsivity. Um, so all of that might seem very appealing at the outset. However, all of that behavior also leads to the dark triad getting ants in their pants for lack of a more intellectual way to phrase it. They need to feed that risk and that impulse. So a lot of times, not surprisingly, the the dark triad is also associated with mate poaching, okay? So say you're a dark triad person, you're gonna you know, and you're in a relationship with someone uh, and it just, you know, the honeymoon phase is over, you're going to jump to someone else and you're pr- you might choose someone who's already attached because of the heightened the heightened risk and chance of it.
3: Though so you are leaving your own mate who you probably didn't take the time to break up with exposed. And so uh, men who are dark dark drag exhibitors, they tend to have their own girlfriends stolen. Uh, so they probably don't care. But uh, you mentioned the honeymoon period, Kristen. And I think that's really important for girls or guys who tend to get into relationships with dark triad individuals to remember is that, yes, everything is great at first. And you're not crazy if all of a sudden you're like, whoa, this guy's a jerk or this woman's a jerk. It, it starts off very well. And there was this really great article in uh, Psychology's magazine about how the woman was just like, I don't know what went wrong because it was so wonderful. But. You know, he wouldn't do things like meet my parents or, you know, let me leave a toothbrush over there. And it's not insane to realize, hey, even though this was a great few months, I'm going to cut my losses and say goodbye to
2: the dark triad. And I think that we should point out, too, that we're not, again, like this conversation isn't to make us sound like we are just victims to the dark triad, and everyone is going to be swept up in it. There are certain personality types that are more attracted to the dark triad than others. For instance, Psychologies Magazine also pointed out that new research by Peter K. Jonathan from New Mexico suggests that women with so-called avoidant attachment patterns are more likely to be drawn to dark triad men. And those are basically women who are low in self-esteem and had unstable and unpredictable family lives who are kind of drawn to these wild cards. Because, you know, if you have someone with low self-esteem, the dark triad, like we said, kind of has impenetrable self-esteem and, you know, might seem just so wonderful and strong. But one thing that we haven't really touched on, and... to be frank, there really isn't that much research on this. But it's how the dark triad exhibits in women. Because surely, you know, there are plenty of love em and leave them type of women out there as well. Uh, but Jonathan's research points out that women high in the dark triad seem to use friendships more strategically than romantic relationships. Um, and he says that they may keep male friends, quote unquote, on retainer to help out with things like moving their houses um, and they may keep female friends just to stroke their egos. And a lot of times women's success that they gain uh, that's associated with their dark triad traits are more relative to accumulating personal wealth and career success rather than sexual success in terms of, well, if you term success, having a number of partners.
3: True. Um And that's, you know, to go back to another podcast we've done, whether men and women can be friends, Jonathan would say that a dark triad man will never be friends with female because he is too interested in uh, in meeting success as that was just defined as number of sexual partners. So if he can't get sex, he's probably not going to stick around. Yeah. Platonic friendships and dark
2: triad men Do not go together. So what do you do, though, if you if you encounter a dark triad? And it's not necessarily in a romantic sense, because the thing that came to my mind, you know, we're talking about Don Draper as being a dark triad. Not only does Don Draper have a lot of different affairs on Mad Men, but he also quickly climbs the ladder at Sterling Cooper. And that's something that Jonason has
3: looked into because these characteristics are kind of successful for climbing the career ladder. If you don't care what people think, if you are out to just in it to win it, that can really help your organization, especially in the short term. If you don't get nervous before a big presentation, if you're willing to gamble and, you know, have a big win, it can really uh help your company. So if you work for someone who is a dark triad personality, there are certain things you can do to kind of help yourself, you know, they're not going to worry that the boss may not worry if you like them, but you can manipulate them because they still have that narcissistic element. And if you, you know, unfortunately, you kind of just have to not challenge their superior position, but kind of going with like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big girl too. I'm a mm-hmm. big boy. Yeah. I think
2: the, the key to dealing with the dark triad in your life, whether it's a, uh, romantic interest or a boss is to recognize the traits you know, and kind of use your own smarts to outplay them. For instance, the psychology's article points out that, you know, women's biggest downfall when they get involved with a dark triad is to think that they can fix them somehow. And we have to remember that uh, this is largely a genetic trait, and others have pointed out. And it's something that, you know, you're kind of fighting against nature at this point. But, and it's not all just roses for the dark triad either, because like we said, I mean, they're more likely to end up alone at the end of the day because uh, there was one study we found that said that being high on the dark triad was related not only to a higher overall incidence, but also a higher success rates for poaching, but also having been poached and having mates poached in short-term relationships long-term affairs, and long-term relationships. So the thing is, while we like to say that, oh, nice guys finish less, they really don't. The bad boys might be able to rack up a lot of different sexual partners, but the altruism and the more positive, agreeable qualities are what we're looking for in terms of interpersonal relationships for the long haul.
3: So there you have it. The stereotype kind of proves true. Yeah, Bad boys may mess you up for a little while, but eventually you're, it's like tortoise in here. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're a good tortoise, just kind of slow and steady,
2: taking the right risks, yeah, we'll, we'll find you eventually. Exactly. And, you know, the whole thing about, oh, nice girls fall for, for bad boys. From my takeaway from this research, Molly, it's not nice girls, it's naive girls. Just be aware. Keep out, keep a, keep a lookout for the signs. And like you said, if you, once you're aware that you have a, uh, someone is exhibiting a lot of dark triad traits, You might just want to pull the plug and move on down the road yourself. No one needs a Machiavellian in their life. That's true. A Machiavellian narcissist psychopath. Right. True. That's going to be my new bumper sticker. (laughs) Yeah. Stay away from me, dark triad. (laughs) No dark triads allowed. So at this point, I am so curious to know what you listeners out there are thinking about all this stuff. I'm sure that women, you have plenty of stories about bad boys, men, men. I'm sure that you have plenty of stories about, you know, seeing girlfriends being poached by bad boys or, or nice guys out there who just, you know, might be having a tough time of it. Whatever. I want to hear from all of you. Email us at momstuff at com. And in the meantime, let's head on to some listener mail. I've got one from
3: Karen who wrote about the uh, Can Men and Women Really Be Friends podcast I just mentioned. She writes, I'm disappointed that you gave so little credence to the emotional infidelity aspect of this question when it is applied to opposite sex friendships who are in committed relationships. This question isn't just about sex and whether or not men and women can be friends and avoid entering a room and tearing each other's clothes off. Emotional intimacy between opposite sex friends when one or or both of them are involved in committed relationships can be extremely damaging. Emotional affairs are very real, very destructive, and deserve the same attention and credence as sexual ones.
2: All right. Well, I've got one here from Sherry, and this is on our podcast about women and guns. Says I'm a 30-year-old listener from the far north of Wisconsin. I'm an avid competitive shooter. I own more firearms than my husband. I didn't get into shooting because of fear or any ads that I saw. My father enjoyed shooting, and when I turned 10, he started to take me. I'm still judged because I'm a woman, but when these men see me shoot, they are complimentary. Not to mention, I get marriage proposals very often. My husband says he does pity any person who would try to harm me. He usually adds that I've been known to draw my single-action revolver and fire all rounds hitting my target consistently in seven seconds and her fastest time is 5.28 seconds uh, we're normal hard-working people we tell people we have a loud hobby my challenge to you is to take a few shooting lessons at a range or a shooting club asked to shoot all types of guns and most people get hooked really quick gun sales don't always reflect fear; it's simply fun to shoot so thank you sherry and you want to end on a reading list
3: real quick? Absolutely. Here's one from Alexis. Uh, this summer, she is reading books by Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, the book Freakonomics by Stephen Levitt and Stephen J. Dubner. 100 Years of Solitude by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Catch-22 by Joseph Heller. Alice in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll. Lake Days by Garrison Keillor. And short stories by Kafka and Lydia Davis.
2: So again, our email is momstuff at If you'd like to send us a letter, we'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Twitter. We are at momstuffpodcast there. And as always, you can check out our blog during the week. It's the stuff mom never told you blog and it is found at howstuffworks.com.
1: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Want more How Stuff Works? not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life.
2: PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865.
1: Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a National Association, member FDIC.
0: Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride in the queer community all year queer founded queer run and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear swimwear and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin tomboy x just dropped their pride 24 collection obsessively fit tested for all-day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6x visit tomboyx.com rev up your thrills this summer at cedar point on the all-new top thrill 2 Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.